0: I like to move
1: movie. move I like to move movie. move I like to move movie. move You like to move I like to move movie. move I like to move movie. move I like to move movie. move You like to move I like to move movie. move I like to move movie. move I like to move movie. move You like to move me
0: Bronson so is that guy's <laughs> name, and it's not Bone Town, it's Roxy which I wanted to say, because it starts with a B. Welcome to I Like <laughs> the Movie Movie. My name is Dan Scully. My name is Garrett Smith. And uh you, you yeah, well welcome back. You uh, happy Fr- I mean, you won't be listening to this after, but happy Friday the thirteenth. Yes. It yes. is a cursed day and a lovely one that we celebrate. So our condolences go out to Pamela Voorhees. Our love goes out to Jason, and uh, just, I don't have a third part to that. Happy Friday the 13th.
2: The dad part of my brain needs to point out that he could have gone with um, Bronson Pinchamahawk.
0: Bronson, Bronson Pinchot came out before I could even figure out what was happening with my <laughs> mouth. Like it was going before my brain caught up. Yeah. So by the time I was trying to integrate Tomahawk, I had already gotten the show out, so it was just yeah. done. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it, but I mean it's certainly something that we can table and revisit for the future <laughs> That's perfect, write it down um, uh, oh, My marker board's over there, I'm in bed, I, I moved to bed after work That's
2: good, that's fine, yeah. I, it's it's that time of year, it, it gets dark at 5 now um, So we are joined tonight uh, by a friend of the show uh, was, was with us recently and is back again, Andy Elijah Andy, say hello
3: Hey, thanks for having me back
0: of course, of he course. said, "Say hello, not hello. say hey. Thanks for having me back."
3: I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. Get it yeah. together. Hello, 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 sir.
0: And uh, we are also joined.
2: We're excited to have a first-time guest who uh, picked tonight's movie, Anne Elizabeth. Anne, hello. welcome to the show. Oh,
4: thanks for having me.
2: Thank you. For thanks coming. for coming on. We're so excited. Uh, you picked a great movie that I'm so excited to talk about.
0: Hey, before we move away from me scolding Andy for not saying hello, I learned a really interesting piece of hello trivia today that blew my mind. Um, Alexander Graham Bell, when he invented the phone, suggested that the greeting should be ahoy. And Thomas Edison, the the co-opting fuck that he was, mowed that down and put hello in, and that's how that stuck was hello. Wow. And even though there's nice variations like yellow and hello, um, <laughs> I still think that ahoy would have been very nice. Uh, mm-hmm. In an alternate reality, we would have had ahoy and Chris Gaines, the alternate uh, e- alter ego of Garth Brooks, would have taken off in this world, I imagine.
4: Wait, I have a relevant tale. So in yes. Mexico, the way you answer the phone is you say bueno, which yeah. means good. And it's yeah. because the phone lines were so bad when phones started. They're like, is it a good connection? Uh. Are you good?
1: Yeah. So you so you fascinated. With
4: like,
2: Bueno, bueno, bueno because it's yeah, good connection. Good, good, good. Yeah.
4: yeah. Are you so you said bueno? Oh, okay, like hi.
2: Yeah. That's so, wild. I like it. Can, <laughs> Can you hear me now?
3: <laughs> and in this alternate reality, <laughs> uh, Aura? uh Aura? pirates Aura? would say hello maybe instead of oh, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hello, matey. Imagine if that if this alternate reality existed and that re- like we watch Pirates of the Caribbean and they're all just like, "Hello." <laughs> oh, hello hello, hello <laughs> dude
2: it is funny to think about us answering the phone with ahoy because that feels much more like i'm like shouting at somebody like ahoy yes. like I, ahoy. You know, that's the I only way of... i know how to say that. he
4: does the
2: double
0: <laughs> ahoy hoy
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's true uh so yeah and uh you brought it to mama tambien. The Alfonso Quaron, which I've just learned was written by Alfonso and his brother Carlos Quaron.
4: Provocative that they wrote that together. <laughs> I uh, agree.
2: <laughs> you seen the movie,
0: I agree.
4: Uh, yes, I did choose it. Um, it's my favorite movie.
0: It's your favorite. Can movie? you talk a little bit about you know just what it is that makes this your favorite movie?
4: Well, Gael Garcia Bernal and Diego Luna. Check Two- out. <laughs> we
0: actually just fast forward into that scene, and that's all we. That's all we I do. Mean, yeah, I it really was know. the spiritual sequel to Wild Things in that way, you know. <laughs> like my- it is definitely Wild Things.
2: <laughs> my brain was doing the whole movie, going like, "When are they gonna make out?" Like my brain, <laughs> yeah. I just like, like I spent the whole movie being like, "This is good, but when they gonna fuck?" Like,
0: when is that gonna? <laughs> but i mean to the point of that it throughout the whole movie the whole time you're watching you like they have such tension between them yeah. and in my head i remember midway through watching i was like there's a there's a chance this actually might go there but i don't know whether movies go there or not <laughs> and then when it went there it was like thank god it went there because that's we're getting ahead of ourselves but yeah that's yeah
4: but that's not really the reason why i love it. like i love <laughs> no. that i think it's like whoa that's crazy but um, I love that it fools you into thinking it's, like, not a serious movie, but it is serious. That's such a beautiful message, and I also think it's such a celebration of Mexico for all of its, like, um, the horrible things about it, the corruption, the poverty, the danger, the crime, and all of the, like, beautiful things about it. Sorry. I got it.
1: Um,
4: Yeah. <laughs> And there's a there's a scene where Maribel Verdú says, um, "You're so lucky to live in Mexico. What a yeah. great country!"
1: Thanks for... that's
0: Go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry, but I just I think it's funny what you said about how it is. You know, it. it... It tricks you into thinking that it's not a, a serious movie. I think one of the things that was so surprising to me about this movie is that i don't I don't want to say that I dismissed this movie because I had never seen this until yesterday. but it was a movie that I just never really thought to seek out. I knew it was good. but I was like, yeah, I think i I honestly thought I think I know what I'm getting. I know what the emotional experience I'm in for is, and I'm good right now. And it was absolutely not even remotely close to what I feared it would be. It was so much fun to watch that then to your point it was able to just like sneak that gut punch in where i was like damn this is real
4: it yeah is I, gut punch go ahead Garrett. it so good
0: i just i was
2: really fascinated that like the movie you know is like a sort of road trip comedy literally mm-hmm. complete with like fart jokes and stuff right like it it does have like to your point it's like oh it opens on two great fart jokes <laughs> yeah it's it is like just a kind of fun and funny movie that's sort of Uh, starts as, I I guess to some extent, like a typical kind of like road movie. But what I thought was so interesting is the way the narration is used to sort of um, break away... Like, the narration is very rarely actually about the characters we're watching. The narration is almost always about other events that are happening either currently around Mexico or... A hundred years ago in the place that Mm -hmm. they're currently driving, or five years from now in the place that they're currently staying. Like it the whole movie had this interesting idea of like there's basically these constant tiny like tragedies that play out throughout Mm -hmm. life in the world. And when you're young, you're sort of like starting your own history. You're you're almost like ignorant of those other histories, but you are existing in a world of those histories whether you like it or know it or not and so your tragedy becomes part of those tragedies and kind of vice versa i thought there was just a very beautiful message about like um i i don't know like the 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 way that life moves and the tiny chances it gives you and whether you decide to take them or not And then how they sort of, all of those things are meshed in with the history of a place. And so to your point, it's like it's very much about Mexico as well and kind of the history of Mexico, which I'm not terribly familiar with. And I don't even necessarily feel like I necessarily learned a lot specifically about in the movie, but the feeling of that place was very apparent to me by the end of that movie. If that makes sense? Yeah, The
4: Felt Life, William James, I think, or I think William James called it The Felt Life. Okay. Like, and if you're really a good writer, you're communicating. It's like you don't need to know all these facts about a place. You just need to know what it feels like.
1: Yeah.
0: I think that brings out like the human level of it too, because even without knowing, you know, the specific, you know, plot history of what's going on, you do see, you know, you're able to compare and contrast you know, macro reactions to historical events to one's own culture, which makes the movie so relatable as opposed to being, you know, while it was a window into a new world, every beat in this movie was something that I felt was relatable and probably is universally. So, cause I think it's so powerfully human. And what was cool about it is, is when it was done, that's when I was like, oh, I want to hit Wikipedia and just kind of learn about the when a little bit you know, since the movie didn't take the time to do that, it piqued my interest through the, you know, through the people.
4: Yeah, I think, too, I just, like, when you both were talking, I was thinking um, there's a term that we use a lot in social work. It's both and. Like, so it's both. It's like you want to help this person, but maybe you can't help them. It's both and. Oh, yeah. um, And, or maybe you help them by not doing too much or something. Um, And I think it's, that's what's happening with the narration. Like you're, you're both having this fun road trip and everything's great, and and in five years these people can never go on their boat again. Right. Mm -hmm. That was so
0: chewy. Oh
4: oh my god, I know that was
0: heartbreaking because he was having so much fun.
2: Yeah, and he's free.
4: I think it's a movie about freedom, and he's so free.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting that like the way that this to Dan something you were saying before the way it becomes relatable is like I feel like I'm living in a country where kind of like capitalist interests are taking away my freedoms. And that's a little bit what happens to Chewie at the end of the movie. Like it felt mm-hmm. very
0: relatable. Yeah, he that's has like, to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah. And therefore he never fishes. A- he never fishes again. Right. He didn't go back to fishing. And he never fishes again. Ugh. And has
2: to live the shame of being the custodian at the place yeah. that ultimately took fishing away from him. You know, Despite
0: being like a total badass and just yeah. like carving out life for his family. What I thought was two things that I found interesting about that narration is one, I thought that it really just spoke to the idea of like, you know, there is no pause button. Life just sort of keeps moving. And most of those, those, they kind of reminded me of when the the Irishman would pause and tell you how a guy died. But Those little steps out of it um, always happen while there's still action going on in the background.
1: Mm -hmm. They don't
0: really stop the action with it. Um, I like, like um, when Louisa first goes to the doctor, we don't, he, we get one of those voiceovers there. Um, and then we just have to presume what's happening at the doctor, which, you know, yeah. we find the payoff pay of that. Like payoff's not the right word, but we find the, uh, the, uh, the denouement of that thread yeah. later. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and so every time it's always happening, the car's always moving, you know, something's happening in the background. So the plot is like moving dually. Um, but I got to thinking about like, you know what must this script look like? Because it's the kind of thing where the script is in such good communication with the image, and those are perfect perfect examples of it, that I, I, I can only imagine that they would show someone the script and then Crown would be like, But I have to direct it because you're just not gonna get what's going on here. Well, yeah. so Without he, that visual it's impro-
4: element. A lot of it's improvised. Yeah,
0: that makes, yeah, sense, that makes it? sense. It really yeah. does have that flow to it. Uh, but at the same time I was I was thinking about how that's one of the things that I've grown to love about Corone. He's mm-hmm. very good at having the image and script kind of do complementary duty mm-hmm. to create this. You know, a lot of movies, that comes to a clash. And I started thinking about, you know, even his work on, uh, like, the Harry Potter movies have mm-hmm. that that aspect to them. And not to insult Ito Mama Tambien, but it does it feels a little bit choppier and clunkier here. And so it's always so great to watch a filmmaker who's early in their career, doing something that they're so good at later when it's at its earliest and sort of gaudiest and most present. You know, we talk about it a lot on the show, Garrett, where it's like Danny Boyle, when he first did, you know, Danny Boyle, Train Spotting, Danny Boyle, Steve Jobs are the same, but very different. Those edges come off, Fincher's edges have come off. And so it was really cool to see Cuaron with edges.
1: I yeah, guess like it's a, the, a
0: scrappier Quaron movie, yeah. Yeah, it's it's rough around the edges, scrappy. Scrap is a perfect word. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. I I mean I agree with you, especially about the. I thought this movie was beautiful, and it, mm. I assume it was shot on film. I think this was still like would have been yeah. the early days of digital photography, so it it looks to me like it was shot on film and is like just like I don't know, full of these like very like textured, beautiful images. In fact, in ways that like. I really like Cuaron. I think he's like a really good filmmaker, but he's, he's actually become such a craftsman that there was, to me, there was something very beautiful about the sort of, uh, um, uh, I don't know, l- l- less refined nature of, of yeah. what he's doing here, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like when you listen to like uh, a musician, that's, not to say that Cuaron's overproduced now, Yeah, but like yeah, right. if you listen to an overproduced mu- musician, you're like, oh, it's still good but i liked when they were grungy it's like this has that sort of grungy feel this is early black keys uh yeah this this has that grungy feel and it has those edges but i think those edges do suit uh kind of the tone of the movie because it's being told through the eyes of these two extremely horny uh (laughs) just very alive and energetic early 20s Little boys, essentially. I think they're actually. Think they're like, like 18.
4: seventeen or eighteen. Yeah,
0: I was going I, in my head. I was going by. I looked up the ages of the actors. Right, right, you know, right, right. right, right. Yeah. But yeah, I, but I think they're finishing right. they high school to be younger. But
4: I think, they think it's an an
0: interesting. Quite young. Well,
4: but what you said, Dan, about how like it's told through the eyes of these boys. Like, I don't know that it is told yeah. through their eyes. I think it's it's like I don't know who is the speaker. Yeah, we
3: don't. Right. The, yeah, and it takes so, you a while. Like in only in the middle of the film do you kind of realize that the the narrator is not one of them. And it's cool because like, I'm pretty sure that's Gael Garcia Bernal doing
0: the narration. No, Actually, it's, Andy, no it's not.
1: Because no. I didn't even think about it it like a
0: different voice is. until I looked up the cast and saw that the narrator was a separate credit. But oh. to your point, Anne, I think you're right. I think that uh, to say it's told through their eyes is is not the right terminology. But what I mean is to have a movie that is very, the narrative thrust comes from their youthful male energy. Um, yeah. I feel like a lot of that's there, and that scrappiness suits it, is what I mean Oh, to say. totally.
4: You know what I mean? So actually, like, Yeah, because
0: through yeah. their eyes is inaccurate.
4: They're, the narrator is, like, a serious actor in Mexico, and to me, his voice is, like, so authoritative. Like, I also think he has just such a beautiful voice.
2: His name is uh, Daniel Jimenez Cacho, or Chacho. Oh,
4: okay. Daniel Jimenez Cacho. Does he have yes.
0: any other credits if you click
4: yes. there yeah. yeah he's on this new show about soccer in mexico oh club he de was cuervos. in zama
2: yeah zama he was in Kronos, uh, okay. which is uh that's a uh, movie yep yeah. um so Wait, yeah is he, it
0: is it club de cuervos that you were?
4: yeah club de cuervos. yeah
2: yeah, he's oh, got a lot of credit. I mean, he's got like eighty-three credits. You're, you're right, and this guy seems to be like a, a pretty major.
1: Uh, uh, so I'm I guess super- it was
2: probably Mexican. my like
3: white boy gringo-ness that didn't really. That I Spanish. was like, oh, cool. It must be you know one of these guys narrating it. Well, um no, maybe I- older. But then, but I liked that about it. Then you sort of realize, oh wait, this is like who who even knows who this person is? Like, is this?
0: But especially because really the do narrator
3: separate them for a while.
0: The narrator does have, um, oh, no, I can't think of the word, but uh, the narrator is all-knowing. Yeah, yeah the omniscient. The narrator goes yeah. beyond. Omniscient, that's the word. Thank you. Uh, yeah.
4: There's this story by, um, by Jorge Luis Borges. It's called The South, of Sur, and it kind of reminds me of this movie. I'm just thinking of it now. It's about this old man who, like the way that he dies, is he fights a duel out in like the countryside, like in the prairie of Argentina. But if you find out that he's just like in his bed the whole time, dying in a nursing home.
0: I think I've read this, and
2: this sounds. Have
4: very... you read
0: it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I read that in college.
4: Yeah, <laughs> Garrett, I... this
0: sounds a lot like our Die Hard Six idea. <laughs> yeah, it does.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I sort of feel like there's a. The, it's kind of similar to this movie, right? Like you're like, oh, it's like this, like. Sexy road trip, and then you're like, oh shit, it's something... It is, but it isn't.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it gets real.
4: Yeah, shit gets real. You're right.
0: They get into uh, a lot of shenanigans. Proposed
3: title for Die Hard Six: Ypicay Tambien.
0: It's pretty good. So like Actually, the title that we worked with was Die Hard Already. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's in a nursing home and he's losing his mind and he thinks that there's crimes. But uh, there's really not. But in doing so, he actually stumbles across like a real heist and accidentally solves it. But it's mostly just the nurses trying to get McLean to go back to bed before he hurts. Yeah. Somebody. That's basically the plot of the Irishman. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, die hard already. Yeah. Uh, or die hard
3: enough.
2: Die, die hard.
1: hard enough. I love
0: it. <laughs> um.
2: So, I, to me, the thing that I maybe love the most about this movie was just the performances. Like, these three characters, yeah. I think, are, like, so wonderful to, like, spend a movie with. And their dynamics are, like, so interesting. Um, the, you know... It, it's weird how, like, I very immediately would, like... I never had that moment, and I was kind of surprised where I was like, Why is this woman hanging out on a road trip with <laughs> I really, very immediately was like, Yeah, fucking go get it. Like, go do that. that it seems like you yeah. do this right now. Like, <laughs> fucking Janoser, whatever Yeah. No, some, we'll know. yeah know. And, and something, here, about, I know. something about her performance allowed me to understand how it could be fun and not just, like, really
0: fucking annoying for a grown woman to be on a road trip with two teenage but You know what I mean?
1: Oh, like- yeah,
0: and she is the most radiant person I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. I fell yeah. immediately and thoroughly in love with her, and it was only reinforced by her character arc throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Oh, my God, uh, I could watch a whole movie of her tell. just laughing gleefully in the sunlight. Yeah, my She's God.
4: an amazing... Like, I try to live. I feel like she's kind of become like a model for me for like how to yeah. live my life. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Let's not talk about Anne's uh, getaway vacation she had last summer. Okay. <laughs> Listen.
1: a er, hard time. just. Okay. just, <laughs> just Did you eat pray love? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Italy. <laughs> That's oh uh, that was the the part that I laughed hardest at uh, was when when you know they start doing the confessions about yeah. you know who this up which I think. If I'm to understand, and maybe Anne, you can help me out with this. The title of the movie, I think, is supposed to almost be the the response. Your mama. Yeah. Like if someone's like your mom. You go your Mama. Like you know your mom. Well, it I comes might, up but, in the, in conversation. But then it comes up. That's what I mean. I think there's there's like this dual thing there happening because they're going. They're always back and forth. Like, right. Or, right. And then of right. course he does the and your mom too. I I hit that. Yeah. But <laughs> when they first start exchanging that. And then, you know, they're they're fighting about it. And Luis is like, well, what about your manifesto? It's rule number three. And they both immediately stopped to be like, it's rule five,
1: five, <laughs> like,
0: get yeah. it right. And it was so much more important to them that the rules were honored properly than actually followed at that point. Yeah. Oh, I laughed so hard. That was such a good it's laugh. It's so childish,
4: too. It's like the whole reason why you wanted this one on this road trip was so that you could sleep with her, and now you're mad that she, like, forgot. Like, you did that, and now she forgot the order of your rules. Like, do you yes. really care? Like, uh, it's so like, miserable.
1: it's five, it's five!
3: <laughs> I love but that yeah, part they're... about the movie when they're like, oh, by the way, I, like, slept with your mother. Yeah, and I guess I was like, wait, is that a joke? And then you're like, no, wait, I think, I guess that's... They're saying that that really <laughs> happened, and that's just, like, so shocking to me, and it's almost like, but it's just never returned to, it's just, it's almost, like, moved on, like.
4: It's not, uh, but I think it's not shocking in the in the context of their friendship.
3: Right. Yeah. yeah. and in the movie too, they're always passing by like, oh here's a dead guy on the side of the road. Here's Yeah. It, it's kind of just another one of those things that they just mention in passing
0: and then they move on from.
4: Well they also they like masturbate together. Like there's definitely like yeah. a level of like, okay, there's like not a lot of boundaries here.
0: Yes. Oh yes. right, them jacking off in the country club while lying on the diving boards. That is one of those things where I was like, this is a beautiful yet silly painting. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love it. that scene. It was beautiful, but it was also like, man, this is... But at the same time... Did we lose him? Uh, he'll,
1: he'll come yeah.
2: back in just a oh, second. Okay. Hold on one
0: sec. Dang, on I'm on the ...next diving board over while we laugh and laugh. I think that that is something that could easily happen when the confluence of, of age and timing comes together
2: we uh we lost you for like the first second of that dan C- could you uh give us give us that first report? second of what the, the the pretty much the little rant you just went on
0: for like uh, a minute there we, we lost the oh i was just saying it. that like watching that that scene of them checking off from the diving boards it's like shocking and funny but at the same time i remember being 17 and if the right the right confluence of events came together <laughs> like yeah that that could have happened real easily I mean, I was, I mean, I don't want to like disclose too
3: much here, but I was was watching that with Anne, me and Anne were watching it together, and I was like, oh, this reminds me of something that happened at summer camp one time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And
3: it's like, not quite the same thing, but you know, pretty close.
2: I, so I did have an interesting thing watching this movie and I, I'm curious how you guys feel about this on one hand I do relate to what you guys are saying I had experiences of my own that were like not dissimilar from right. the uh, you know that that sequence on the diving boards right but I never had a male friendship where I talked this much like this openly about my sex life until I was like way past being a teenager when I was a teenager sex was like for me and uh, maybe even my group of friends, I don't know, but it was like shameful. It was like a thing that we didn't actually talk that much about. Um, but, and so like, I have never, I feel like this happens in movies a lot where teenagers are shown to be like, not just very horny, but also like very open about their like relationships with each other. And I never had that experience. I've never related to that in movies when teenagers are like that, like open about their, their sexual like, uh, activities.
0: So I had the opposite experience. Yeah, go ahead. Dan. We, well, we were just, me and my group of friends, we were like, we were performatively horny little guys. Yeah. You know, like, and so so are they. we talked about yeah. it all the time being, pro- but it's like none of us were getting laid. But right. all we talked about was sex because we thought it was cool. If it wasn't cool, it was funny. And if yeah. it wasn't funny, it pissed off the people around you. And that was like our, that was what we were doing. Yeah. Um, you know, pretty so- much
3: exactly the same, Dan. It was like, me and my friends, I mean, we were fucking nerds who, uh, we were desperate for attention from girls and most of the time weren't getting any of that attention, and then, but but we would just, we were, like, upset, you know, like, we were also, like, I, their friendship reminded me a lot of some some of my friends from high school, because oh, same okay. thing with you, Dan, we were obsessed with it, even though uh, we were just, like, you know, very inexperienced. Yeah. We
1: were children. Also, <laughs> yeah. fun, fun side story, so Andy
4: had a I won't say much about Andy's story, but I know he had a friend that there was some competition. Yes. And um, like over girls. And um, I invited him to this friend of Andy's to the prom.
3: And actually this is the friend who, one of the friends who this movie reminds me of too. And Ann and I, for those of you who don't know, Ann and I uh, have known each other since high school, even though we didn't start dating until after college.
4: But yeah, so I invited him to the prom and that's how Andy like figured out that he liked me. was because, he was like, "I'm jealous of this." Like, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, so. that's true. Damn, Peter. Oh, right <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> that's cute. Um, oh, that's cool.
2: Yeah, but yeah. So I, I like, I did find this movie interesting because I was like, I mean, I definitely remember being this horny as a teenager, but I just like had yeah. a very different yeah. experience of being horny as a teenager. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah, I think
4: it's the friend group, and I think it's the culture. Like, yeah. there. I do think that like. I mean, I'm not going to be, like, all Mexicans or whatever, but I do think Mexican culture is, has a different relationship to sex and Mexican teenagers, and these, are, this is a group of friends who, are, like, they're having sex, and they're, like, yeah. having... They're, it's kind of incestuous, like, yeah. you know, La Cesi had sex with, you know, whoever, and then Lana, like, had sex with the other guy, and, and many, many times, like... Yeah. And they're just kind of, like, in that space and sharing a little bit and not sharing other things. But, yeah, just, like, sex is just, like, the major preoccupation.
2: Yeah. You know what is also, this is a weird kind of tangent, but interesting. I also, has anybody seen uh, Cronenberg's Dead Ringers?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. A while ago.
2: I just watched Dead Ringers, uh, like, a week ago. And Dead Ringers is all about two twin brothers that share like sex partners, oh uh,
1: right. without
2: the, without those partners knowing that that's what's happening. Wait, is it a Jeremy Irons? Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, I think maybe I've seen it
2: it's great
3: double feature there it's
2: really good but it reminded me of this where it's like it is this weird incestuous little pool of people that are all kind of like having sex together and with each other and there is this weird blurring of these two boys where they share so much that they are are literally like kind of joined you know they have have a a sort of dual personality a a two-spirit kind of thing you know what i mean it's like there's something interesting happening there that for some reason those movies kind of reminded me of each other in that regard
1: Mm.
4: oh totally yeah and they're very like there's something about their friendship that's like so close that once it's over it can kind of never go back it's like it's just over
1: yeah
0: there's a like i had a couple friends growing up like it's it's kind of interesting how it works out like relationships almost like there there's probably two friends in my life where there was like a year or two where like if we were hanging out it was pretty much a package deal yeah like you knew that we were gonna Whatever you Every were doing, day. we were doing something before we got there, and we're going to do yep. something after we leave. And, uh, yeah, I've had a few friends like that, and I feel like they give off that vibe where they're, like, you know, they're, they're Sam and Eric, you know? But...
4: Yeah, and there's also a culture, like, like, more in Latin countries, of, like, do you want to spend the night? Yeah, I do. Like, I've always loved that about being abroad. Like, it's there's less, like, hanging out is not, like, as discreet. It's not, yeah, like... Yeah. Oh yeah, we're gonna see a movie. And I'm gonna go home. It's like we're seeing a movie. We're gonna have dinner. Like, what else is going on? You wanna like take a walk? You wanna spend the night? And I feel like that's their friendship is kind of like this endless hangout.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: that that's pretty. That's actually that's a really interesting because you know what else this actually kind of reminded me of in a weird way was um uh Call Me by Your Name,
1: where yeah, it's it, this
2: bit. sort of extended hangout that's sort of taking place in this because the other thing is this movie has this interesting kind of. Um, you know, technically one of these boys is high class and one is low class, right? right uh, one's
4: like lower middle,
2: yeah. Right. And, and so there's this interesting thing going on about like who has privilege in this country and when and what they do with it and how that runs through their friend group and influences their friend group and stuff. Uh, and I kind of, I have that idea, that, that same thought about this kind of like endless vacation that they're on over the course of this movie mm-hmm. um, where they're they're utilizing that privilege to some extent to be able to vacation away from it you know yeah yeah
4: but then it's yeah, like they can true. never go back to that vacation
1: right you know what and, i mean like
4: they, they like too many things are too many rules and norms of mexican society are broken right and i think that's part of why like they can never be friends again
3: interesting yeah the, what do you mean, I, mean by that do you mean like what what would you and ann was talking about this while we were watching it so and it was really interesting like so you were kind of saying that this is like a couple days where it almost seems like there's no rules,
4: basically. Yeah, like, in Latin culture, like, it's, well, not all, so okay, I think a lot of Mexican men, especially, like, these two boys, they're extremely what you call, like, machista, right? Like, they're they're misogynistic, like, it's all, and she says, Luisa says it, she's like, you're like these dogs, like, marking your territory, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of, like, how they start the road trip when they first meet her, they, like, zero in on her, um, and she, like, can't get away Mm -hmm. but in reality like Luisa's controlling everything on the road trip like she's controlling who she sleeps with she makes all these rules at the end so like a woman has control and then the boundaries of the friendship are broken like Mm -hmm. their charlastra code um right the the
0: manifesto
4: (laughs) (laughs) and then she's like I'm gonna make my own manifesto like, yeah. these are my rules. Um, yeah.
0: in and- fact, don't talk at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stay away from me. Well,
4: Angela had a joke like, when she's like, I'm gonna sunbathe naked, I don't want you like sniffing around like a dog. Because there's times where I'm like, it's sunny, like, I'm gonna get naked, leave me alone. Yeah. like, I think every woman has had that feeling.
1: Yeah,
4: um, and then you know, they have sex at the end. These yeah. two very macho boys who consider mm-hmm. themselves straight, they have yeah. passionate sex and they have group yeah. sex. Yeah. With, like, an older woman, and it's kind of, I don't even know if it's legal. It's not like <laughs> they're <laughs> yeah. like 17. Yeah, like it's definitely right.
3: pushing the boundaries. Right. It is,
4: and they like just they they like they camp on this beach, like they do all these things that are just, I don't know. It's like it's, I think it's like so free and so subverted, but then it's like, okay, we got to go back to the dentist and Mexico City and.
2: Yeah, well, and there there is that uh, that line right at the end um, because very early in the movie they bring up that they have a gay friend, um, and then towards the end of the movie they bring him up again and say that he like fully came out and got kicked out of his house,
0: and oh yeah, he says like oh he's he's gone beyond fixing or something like that. Like it's a weird way that they say it.
2: Well, and I think like the we, impl- we couldn't
0: retract him.
2: Yeah, the and I think the implication they make because he the the because what Gilbert Garcia Burnett. Uh, can't think of his Julio. name. Yeah, what Julio uh says ultimately is like, well, he's happy now, you know, and it's yeah. like so that's nice or whatever. But the implication is like coming out ruined his life. Like the rest of his life crumbled around. You know, there's like an implication of like that was not good because yeah. we yeah. do not live in a society where that's like acceptable.
4: Well, you know, I think what he's so I think, well, that's really interesting. So Mexico City has like a huge gay population. Okay. Actually, like they had gay marriage, I think, before we did. Okay. Um, I think what he's saying is like Throughout the movie they're kinda like, yeah, he has his own scene now. Like he's hanging right. out with like yeah. a gay community and like he you know, but yeah, like stuff didn't really work out with his dad, but now he's living with his boyfriend and right. they don't see themselves at all like this character. Right like, they're they're kind of queer. Yeah,
1: they but are. they
4: and it's kinda like I think that's what can exist. Yeah. It's okay. like you can't live in between.
0: Yeah. That's Bye. the um because he there I I can't remember the specific line, but when he mentions Charlie, I think that was the their gay friend's name. Was it Charlie? I think you might think be it's right. And he says like, "Oh, what about him?" And he says something to the effect of like, "Oh, he's gone all the way off, or he's gone, he's gone beyond." And like, <laughs> oh, no, I think he's think- saying
4: like he's gone all out, like he's he's like a total. He says he's a total queen now.
0: Yes, right, But queen. what I mean that's uh, the way that he frames that. Is as if he's saying like there was probably a point where we could have like brought him back to our side, mm. but he's <laughs> like he's fully committed to that now. Uh-huh. And speaking to each of these characters, you know, experience with their queerness that they aren't at least evidently at the end pursuing. Uh, they, you know, of course they would have that protective mentality of like ah he went he went beyond repair, but hey he's happy.
4: I also think so. We, I know I just it like you know what I'm saying. No, I know what you mean. I think it's interesting that I was, like, they're queer. But in reality, like, I've had this experience where, like, you can fall in love with someone of your same gender. But yeah. I, I don't know that you're necessarily right. queer. Like, I think right. yeah, the yeah, movie's yeah. kind of questioning, like, all of that. Like, yeah. what if it's just a love story? What if it's just, yeah. I don't know.
3: I agree. Because, like, I, I, I've I been thinking this whole time. Like, I don't read this as, like, I don't read this movie at all as, like, a coming out story in terms of, like, oh, no, they're no. actually gay. But it, but you know, they're probably you know, I don't know what the Kinsey scale is, but they're they're certainly in my mind, they're probably closer to heterosexual
1: Definitely. than they
3: are, uh, than they are to being gay. They're you know, like on the other side of bisexual, on like the downward slope. But it's basically kind of suggesting that all you know, everyone's a little bit queer. Like nobody is completely one way or another, and and these and you know, and these boys are like, I mean, the, the word that comes to mind. Uh, forgive me for saying this. is, these boys are total pussy hounds. You know what I'm saying? Like, like uh-huh. I mean, I mean when it comes down to it. But <laughs> at, at pussy the same time, like, though, they are exactly like Mike, just like Michael Benz. He's pussy
1: hound, Michael, like Michael Pence.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably where I got that word. <laughs> um, but you know, they have the potential to also like, but in that queerness, you know, in that in that obsession with women and you know with with having sex with women. Why are they sharing it with each other so much? Well, there's clearly something that like Anne was yeah, saying, they, have a like they they've fallen in love with each other. And I and I think that I I mean in my life too, like, you know, I've definitely experienced even though I identify as hetero, there's definitely I mean I've I've loved men too. Like I've I've loved them. It's never really involved like much of you know, it's never really like involved an outright sexual component for me. But it's just like you can see, but then again, like what if you allowed yourself what if you gave yourself the space to explore that you know like, and also
4: there's a way in which that like supercharged like machismo is actually like really gay like yeah that
1: oh yeah, was, yeah. You yeah. so you've seen an action movie made in the 80s okay
0: if you've seen an action movie made in the 80s you get it <laughs> exactly <laughs> you've seen you know yeah. uh what's it called tango and
3: cash yeah,
2: yeah. oh yeah if, I can offer a slightly different read. I to me, this movie read as like very queer, and especially the relationship between these two boys. For me, I really, I almost w- would be very uncomfortable with this movie if they were not meant to be queer in some way. They drop that f word so often at each other. Right. If they are not oh, actually yeah. queer. Then they are actually like kind of difficult characters to spend a movie with, in my in my opinion. I I think that when we we are with characters that are are slinging these like homophobic slurs back. Not that, by the way, not that teenage boys don't just do that. Like I, yeah, I'm aware that this is like a phenomenon in general, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But the way in which they use that word with each other, and so frequently, and specifically when it comes to the act of sex, even with women i genuinely think there's like a queerness that they are both aware of but are trying to sort of fight within each other that in that moment and it's no surprise that when they finally do indulge they are actually with a woman at that time too yeah they're not just having sex with one another they're they are i think the movie implies that they do have sex with one another i think uh it, it eventually you know over the course of that moment but starts as sex with that woman and even the moment that they decide to cross that line with each other they are still having sex with that woman there is a and so i think there is this sort of they are trying so hard to maintain a heterosexuality Mm -hmm. that i I don't think is necessarily true to their their character ultimately. I think that they are literally like fighting it, you know? Um, I,
4: right. I see, so? I see it as just like a language. Like, oh, a, eh, like, you know, like, uh, like they use, they also use the word verga a lot, which means penis. I'm almost 100% sure. It means a lot of yeah. things in Mexican Spanish. Um, but I feel like it's like this language that they use, but it's it's really about intimacy. It's about like establishing common ground. And almost, like, doesn't mean... Like, it does not mean what they think it means.
3: hmm And also, there is a part in the middle of the movie... Um, I think that someone mentions, like... Like, someone mentions, like, a butthole or something like that. I think, I think Louisa mentions, like... Oh, put your the,
4: finger... Oh yeah, oh, yeah.
3: Something about putting finger in the butthole. And then both of the boys just go, like, ah! And then, yeah. like, they react, like, almost they get afraid. And then, and then they never speak of it again. So... The movie's continually dropping the hints of this. Yeah. I mean, they're they're a triangle, you know, and oh, so yeah. among that, you know, I, there's a theory too. I mean, why do boys why do boys talk each talk with each other so much about sex as teenagers? Like, why It's almost like they're using. I mean, Luisa is a vessel in which they can experience sex with each other, and then finally, at the end of the movie, she says, "Okay, well, skip me and just go right for it." Like, yeah. it's almost like every male friendship like this has the capacity to get to this level mm-hmm. and if only we were willing to look at like sexuality outside of like this dichotomy sort of, she, that's how
0: that's, i think that's where I just that's where i want land to on just it because yeah,
2: the queerness out of exactly what you're describing because i think that is true but
0: i think that it's because i'm somewhere in the middle on that i because I, I, I do think that it is meant to imply like you said andy it's not a dichotomy Right. I, I firmly right. believe... And there, there's queerness in that, like, all. Garrett. Like, believe me when I and say so there's absolute queerness in to that. Be there. And their tension at the end where they don't speak again, um, where they meet each other for coffee because it was more convenient to meet for coffee <laughs> yeah. than it was to, nah, to nah, you nah, know, explain nah, it away. And uh, that was very much a Merchant Ivory moment because yeah. if you look at the end of... What's that one called? Is it Martin? Not Martin. Is it called Martin. Or even at the end of Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> not, at not at the end of Martin, that's for sure. Not, not Martin. There's George one Favarice that's another, Martin. like, just one guy's name. And it, I believe it starts with an M. And it's got Hugh, it was like Hugh Grant's breakout role. And um, it's a good movie, but it always ends with either one or both part both parties that had a homosexual experience together. One of them deciding to, and I'm air-quoting, happily live the straight life. Right? Yeah. And just kind of go that way. And the other one either being lost by it, forlorn, whatever. And so that did read as one of those moments where yeah. it's these two guys are going, you know, like, we, they almost have the, the air of we know too much about one another right. to not go whole hog into this. And we're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think that it's trying to suggest that these are closeted homosexual men. No, I don't. I, think, I you know you I know think
4: what exactly so like, I what think you're describing is, it's all true.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh,
2: well, you're describing
4: and, queer theory, right? Like, yes, there actually yes. is no binary. Like that oh, is yes, an invention yes. of like, right. like back in the day. Like Foucault writes. Right. Sorry to like drop Foucault, but I, I <laughs> went to college. I went to college. What is this about, place? <laughs> he writes about how like there were there were no gay people two hundred years ago. There were men who had sex with men. And there are yeah. men who had sex with men, who had sex with women, and it was all whatever, you know. So I think that's important.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm, I meant I, about not taking the queerness away from this moment because I oh, think yeah, that yeah. It, what it's implying is that there, these, th- these boys, like a lot, like you're saying, Andy, like a lot of boys, I think, exist beyond that sort of like hetero-homo sort of dichotomy, and and uh, yeah. they, they, I think, are implying through those moments in the end that like. They definitely want this and then are disturbed to find that they want it, I think is something
0: that that we find. And that's why I thought it was notable. The language that they use when they're referring to Daniel is it almost passively seems to suggest like he went all the way down that path that we were kind of smart not to go down. (laughs) But yeah, happy. you know, like and that that's yeah. what I mean by they, they it almost feels like they're acting like they could retract him. You know,
2: yeah, I mean, personally, I I think think... off of uh, Julio in that moment that he would like for T-Notch to stay and continue having more coffee. Yeah, with him. he does read as a little bit forlorn. Yeah, but that T-Notch has more decidedly wants to go to college, start living a more like straight. But, you know, um, yeah. yeah, and that may even speak to. I don't know if the movie wants that to speak to the, the their stations uh, as a high versus sort of like, you know, middle class person or not. I'm not sure, but. Yeah.
4: No, I well, think to... you're right. Like, I think that definitely also, who, I didn't like that Tinoch vomited the next time. I morning. didn't I either. Thought, I thought that was very homophobic.
2: I think that the biggest problem I had with this movie is that we don't get to watch those boys fuck. And I know that sounds weird, but.
4: <laughs> yeah. I,
2: We watch them fuck their girlfriends a bunch. We watch them
1: this woman (laughs) a
2: bunch of times. And it's very graphic every time. And then we watch them kiss for two seconds, and the next thing we see is one of them puking.
0: Here's the thing, though. I do uh, think uh, that, whereas I would agree that that would would certainly uh, open up the scene a little bit more, I think speaking specifically to this queer theme... that couldn't be shown and the vomit had to happen because who is it, as you just said, Garrett at the final scene that is most resistant to this? Yeah. Who's the one that would get so worked up after waking up when a rooster wakes them up, seeing that realizing what he just did and being so immediately, you know, gut wrenchingly shamed in the moment that he vomits. It it does make sense. And if they ended up having this beautiful and explicit scene, it, I think it actually might be harder to sell that on me in the audience. Whereas personally, yeah, I think that would have been nice to show this love, but I think in order to keep that, that weird tension between them, it, it in my mind, I think that could have been, that would have been softened. Had they I, been I explicit think, about it. I
4: also think like they, th- they exist as like an allegory for Mexico. like, And Mexican society cannot handle, I don't think, the ways in which their friendship challenges these norms.
1: Yeah.
4: Like, so, because Tenoch is, his name is Tenoch, right? So the indigenous name for Mexico City is Tenochtitlan. Mm -hmm. That's why he's named Tenoch. Um, Julio, his last name is, his name is Julio Zapata. So Zapata was, like, a huge part of the Mexican Revolution, I think. Like, they're kind of thinly veiled Doesn't
0: Zapata mean shoe?
4: Zap- zapato means shoe.
0: Okay.
4: Emiliano Zapato was yeah, big big guy in Mexican history. So okay. I really think like they represent something about Mexican men and yeah. that's what I'm saying with the subversion theme. Like it it everything got subverted, but we can't we can't do that. Like it's yeah. too much. I also do think though there are some friendships that like get too close.
1: Mm-hmm. They get too mm-hmm.
4: close, the boundaries get crossed, and you're like, I can't, I'm done.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, when they do get close, it is pretty volatile. I think it's yes, fair yeah. to say that there's some volatility there.
1: Yes. Um, However, yeah, when
4: they're intimate, it is the most sensual scene in the movie. Tender.
1: When they're they have sex with their girlfriends,
4: it's like, bam, bang, you know, it's like jackhammer sex. When,
0: ma'am, thank you, ma'am.
4: Or I don't <laughs> even yeah. know who would call it that. It's just, it looks horrible. Yeah, it the old
0: really pump good. and dump, you know?
4: exactly and when they have sex with um maribel Verdú, they come so quickly she and she just holds them and laughs
0: yeah yeah i i wanted to say something about uh it was a while back when we were talking about how like it's interesting that they have the privilege to be able to take this vacation and just kind of say fuck it and it's weird like uh you know, for Julio, that privilege comes from the fact that his mom's usually not out and he doesn't have much responsibility. His, his, what was his mom's a corporate secretary, I think they said. She's out and about. He's kind of, you know, home alone for days at a time, so it doesn't matter as long as he can get the car back to his sister. For Ten Oak, it's uh, you know, he's just got money and time and he can do it. And for Louisa, her privilege comes from the fact that she has no time at all. So mm-hmm. she has no deadlines to meet. She has nothing to do but just like Try and just have some unprotected sex, hang out mm-hmm. with Chewie and the fam, and do her thing. And I don't know. I just think that's a really interesting thing. In this hey, whole what if we were talking about privilege. Chewbacca? <laughs> <we're> just... <laughs> <laughs> hey
4: Chewie, isn't sex great
0: when they're all drinking?
4: <laughs> and he's like ignoring them. He's like, uh, you guys are weird. But no, I yeah. think that's why they can even subvert these rules. It's because Luisa has nothing to lose. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's just like an interesting third angle on privilege where it's like, yeah, in a way, that is this crazy privilege. She can do whatever she wants. She's Unfortunately, free. it's at the cost of yeah. she's got two months to do it. And uh, it's just and I would like to know more about the social hierarchy of the haves and have nots and how it relates to Mexico. Just because this is like an interesting sideways skew into the, you know, the, the privilege hierarchy, um, you know, because, like I said, it comes at the cost of of her life. But my God, what a just utterly jaw-droppingly radiant woman. (laughs) My God. (laughs) Ah, Dios mio. It was... But I like how the movie
3: starts off, like, when you first meet her, she's just, you know, you don't really know that she's going to be, like, this main character in the movie. Like, she's just one of the characters that these boys meet at this wedding. And, like, if this were, like, some Hollywood movie, it would be, like, a slow pan, like, up her body uh oh, you yeah. know like almost like you know julia roberts america's sweetheart like can you believe this woman how great she is like yeah you know. and
0: then and then kumar nudges uh yeah. harold dude it's like take oh, your job back off the floor. that body some good right and then they la- you know whatever it is but here this is just like <laughs> a woman that they start movie.
3: talking to and it, and i think it kind of speaks to this sort of like that's the way that life goes kind of vibe with the movie where it's like yeah, when you meet somebody, you don't always know that they're going to change your life forever. Like you, mm-hmm. you basically assume like you assume that, uh oh, this is just someone I'm talking to. And then a couple of days later, you know, they're an integral part of your life story. And, and and that's what I love about this movie.
0: I think that's like to me, the the big takeaway I took from this movie is that it really is this like ode to the idea that life is meant to be lived and being open to experiences and and. You know, it's like Yes Man in a way. It's like, but, you know, uh, it actually a dumb movie, but that book's fantastic because the book that's is a actually book? a guy. Yeah, it's, it's, Jesus like, a, it's like, a, like a social experiment book where a guy documents a year where he says yes uh, to literally oh, okay. everything. Nothing that's in the movie happens in it. It's just him doing that experiment. I he see. does draw the line at, at donating money online to a Nigerian prince that asks for it
1: because the rules <laughs> right. would
0: dictate that he says yes, but he stops it there. He almost does it.
3: So he's a racist but, uh, asshole,
0: is basically what you're saying. Yes, yes, this is a complete yeah. monster. Uh, yeah. But no, but it, it has that that vibe of and I'm speaking about the Eto no. It just has that vibe of like, you know, the world is delicious. So should you choose to see it that way? Right. And we just watch as these this trio navigates what that deliciousness means. I yeah. I love that. You know, I, I think that's. I think it's it's very easy to forget to smell the roses. And this well, is a very good subconscious reminder to hit hit you yeah. know, make that stop.
4: Yeah, I mean, so I feel like that's that's why I love the movie. Like you just encapsulated it. Um, the line that she says, I always misunderstand it, which is like I always misremember it, but she says before she leaves the boys, she tells them,
1: Life is Life like is...
4: sea foam. So give yourself away like the water gives itself away, like the yeah. ocean gives itself away.
3: Life is like foam. Give yourself to the sea.
4: No, but that's so yeah. that's what she doesn't say. Oh, give yourself away like the sea gives okay. itself away. I, that's mm-hmm. what she's really saying.
0: Mm-hmm. It says life is like foam. You never you never know what you're gonna what you're get. Gonna get. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but also, Dan, one thing I thought of. So I I notice everything new whenever we watch this and. So this time I really noticed the little mouse that Louisa gets from the old lady.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
4: So the mouse used to belong to this old woman's granddaughter who was like nine. And then she died crossing the desert. Right. And then she mm-hmm. gave, she's like, you take it, ma'am. You have it. And then so Louisa gets it. And then Louisa dies.
0: Oh, and, wow. Yeah.
4: You know, for me, it's like.
0: And she gave like, it to Chewie's daughter,
1: right?
4: Exactly. She gives yeah. it to Chewie's daughter. So it's like there's all these beautiful things happening and there's all this death happening. And like yeah. they yeah. kind of both make each other more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: If we were to follow just that mouse in its own <laughs> Tambien, every time the sound cuts out and we get narration, we would be getting told stories about the characters in Tambien on the periphery. Oh. And I think that suits this whole thing that it's just, we're watching these, these paths through life as they right. intersect. And there's this web of intersections all around them happening.
4: Uh, yeah, it's question. kind of like Babel, if it were good.
0: Yes, yeah. Like, like what? Like Babel, that. if it were actually oh, a yeah. good movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead,
4: Dan. Oh, no,
0: uh, there's a part where one of those asides talks about a car accident mm-hmm. and how there's a distraught woman. Were they suggesting that that was Louisa with her first love, the motorcycle rider, who, in the previous scene, she says, you know, I... You know, she's talking about what happened. And she says, oh, he died in a, in a motor accident. And oh. they all go, oh, you know, I'm sorry. And then it cuts to, as they're, you know, just footage of them driving. And it tells the story of the overturned chicken truck. And the chicken's all clamoring to get out of the cage. And there's blood and grew everywhere. And ahead of that, there's an overturned truck. And ahead of that, there's a man on the side of the road dead. And, and a you know, a woman screaming, blood-curdling screams. And I was like, are they suggesting that that's her? Or are they suggesting that... This is a thing that happens. For example, just like what happened to her. Yeah,
1: what do you I don't know. think?
4: They're saying everything's connected. I think. Yeah, and like is it a
0: connectivity thing or is it specifically her?
3: I, yeah. I, I don't think it's specifically her because that seems. I don't know if the timeline would work out with that. But yeah. but it,
1: but it's, but there, but it's saying it,
3: it's like foreshadowing. It's like a sort of. Uh, it's like you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. It's like these are things that happen and. They, you know, she's not the older one that this happened to. And, yeah, you know, that, that's
4: kind
0: of where that. I landed on it, but I wasn't sure. Okay, well, so we're all in
4: is from Spain, which I feel like is actually really important. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah I forgot, it's, yeah.
4: Yeah, and it's because she's a foreigner. Right. She's from a different kind of country that's less conservative, still very Catholic, but, like, in a different way, With and, with, like, wealthier than Mexico. And I think, like, if she were a Mexican woman, they couldn't have had this experience with her. Like, right. she mm-hmm. has to be a foreigner.
0: That's true. Yeah, so I think that pretty much confirms that that was not yeah, her, right.
1: yeah. her story. Yeah. I it's supposed to, to reference that, I think, for
0: sure. Yes, I think it's like you said, it echoes. I think that's what it's supposed to suggest mm-hmm. is the interconnectivity. I wanted to point out, I think my my favorite shot in the whole movie, and it was gut-wrenching to watch, is when the boys are playing, in reflection of a cabinet, yes. they're playing uh, foosball. yeah, And... Louisa's having what yep. I believe is essentially the last yeah. conversation with uh, Hano. Yeah. Hano. And, is that his name who? who knows? Hano. Hano, yeah. Hano. And it's just very heartbreaking because you almost forget that that she's... Because it's not ever explicitly said that she's dying. We just get the silent doctor's appointment. But mm-hmm. like it's easy to forget in the joy of this movie that's happening. And that was the part where I remembered and it was when she said something to the effect of like no 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 it was not you cheating that right caused me to make this decision i had made this decision already and you know and this is this is i can't explain it to you yet but you'll understand that is some real ass shit and yeah. at the point where she drops that bomb is when one of I forget which one wins the foosball game.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> and you immediately focus on them in reflection because they have a yeah moment that is so incongruent with what's going on with her as she's just like breaking down. That is some primo rock and roll motherfucking filmmaking and, with a capital yeah. F. Blue. Literally F. That's unbelievable without yeah. using a split screen without you know? using a split screen yeah. that just unbelievable i'm getting chills that's like movie yeah, magic yeah, exactly. yeah. to I mean,
3: T. and that's Parone. like and and i would say too that like a common theme in his films that I, in like this one and even children of men and roma is like is like what you're seeing happening up front is only part of the story that there's always so much happening in the background all of mm-hmm. the shots like just characters coming in and out of the shots and like like little rituals going on and it's like, you're only ever seeing part of the story and it, it yeah. like, there's just so much candy for the eye to, to focus on. Yeah.
4: Like in Roma, the maids, it's like, you're in this like family that's very like Spanish, Mexican, they're like middle class. And then you like hang out with the maids for a while. They're speaking like an indigenous language. Mm-hmm. They have like all these things going on connected to like their community. And it's just like there. And that's, I also think that's Mexico. Like, it, it's a it, there's so many cultures there, and they all mm. kind of coexist.
0: That was I definitely was watching this. I was like, oh, this is this is the warm up for Roma. In, um, a ways, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. In a lot of oh, ways, yeah. So In a lot of ways, it's like I see maid? exactly what you're exploring here. And it's just, and I love. I think Roma is just oh, just so like, the,
4: his really actual, magnificent. It's so good. His actual maid, who you um, who like the Lebo character. Mm. Um, I forget her name in Roma, like the main character.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't remember.
4: But so she, the actual woman who was his maid growing up is in también. Mm. She's she she's what? who brings
3: him the sandwich. To know she's like, made. Is a sandwich with uh, your favorite cheese,
0: sweetheart. Yeah. Oh wait, she calls it. Um, Oh, there was a there was a great name for the treat. It wasn't a sandwich. It had a name like "Here's your cheese volcano." It was like something crazy. Yeah, yeah. It was like a fun. It was like like a fun name. Like when your mom would be like, "It's hot dog surprise," and it'd be like, "You ran, <laughs> That's what this is. He ran out and of." He's just like, to listening to his bread. music, being hot like, "Hot dog surprise, thanks." Thank you. Honestly, <laughs> yeah,
4: he's Andy to me. I was Andy <laughs> yeah. at like sixteen years. I old. mean, yeah,
3: I really, I really saw myself in some of these characters. I mean, I wasn't nearly as like cool as they were of
0: course you know but or at least i don't see myself that way but you're
1: the coolest andy shut
2: up i do do think this movie has a funny read on them being like quote unquote cool because like by the end uh um uh, Diego Luna's character is in like puka shells and like a fucking yep. like Hawaiian shirt like it's very much like <laughs> a know. 2001 17 year old's idea of what it is to be cool yeah. oh my oh, god I had puka so shells. many
3: Hawaiian shirts in high school yeah. puka too. Jesus Christ and yeah. the hemp necklaces and you know, really... what are puka shells
4: you you know, like, they're like the cells that are woven into
3: the necklace. Oh, yeah. I, I had, had I had like three or four of those on it. Once. Oh yeah, it,
0: it really because made... you're a surfer dude, right? Yeah. I was right, a little bit exactly. of a surfer I dude. I love to
3: surf in, in I felt like Silver I spring Maryland. I'm a huge
0: fucking surfer. But you're like a West Coast person, you know? Like even if <laughs> well, you're really like, I mean, if oh, I could, yeah. this is who so, I really am know? on the inside. Like if I
3: lived by the beach, I would surf every day. I'm just waiting for my chance, you know.
1: That's why, that's why I'm at
0: the mall. That's why I'm at somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So I'm at PacSun. I'm an old soul, guess. <laughs> yeah, like
1: I now-
2: think there was. I think there was a part where Dago Luna's character wore like three different hats. Like every time the camera cut, he had like yeah. a different hat on. It just really made me laugh. Like the way that these boys tried to like posture for uh, her.
3: All the posturing was gonna... so funny, yeah. especially the part like uh, this. One of my favorite scenes in the movie is the extended long take where you hear their conversation but it's just a long shot of the car driving and, yeah. that's, when, and that's when they're like they just start being really honest like really shameless in their questioning of her sex life and, yeah. and then talking about their own and they're just like there's just suddenly there's no boundaries and she's having a lot of fun but they're like they're like, oh does he ram you really good And and, yeah. <laughs> just, just, and, and you're not seeing their faces you're just kind of hearing it from afar and like it's that if it, they're just doing so much posturing, they're just pretending to be so cool and so funny and they think that they're amazing. But yeah. then of course, like what happens the first time uh, she actually, you know, that Luisa actually sees Tenoch naked. He literally, he drops his towel and then covers up his penis. Yeah. Like he's a yeah. little boy, you know, yeah. it's, yeah. I mean, that's obvious what we're supposed to think. Right. Yeah. Yeah,
2: for sure. Yeah. I, man, <laughs> I really enjoyed this movie. It was like, it's, this is a truly great film. I like yeah. it so much.
1: Yeah. It, it was really like intense.
2: one of those movies that I was like very much enjoying watching while I was watching it and just kind mm-hmm. of like having a good enough time or whatever and just like, yeah, this is good. And then, like, pretty much within it's like the last 20 minutes of the movie. I went from like, yeah, this is good, I'm enjoying this, to just like rapidly falling like fully under its spell, like right. really figuring out like what it was really doing and building and and how it was getting me to these places and it had such like an emotional impact in its final scene.
1: It was I oh, think oh to circle God, back yeah.
0: to what Anne was saying at the beginning and what I was saying right after that was like I, I hit play on this movie going like, All right, I'm just gonna have to like do some homework here. And it it just really watches. It is really an enjoyable film. It just crackles. It's fun, and it's like it's legitimately like gut bustingly funny at points. And even at those points, you get that feeling of like film medicine, where you're like, oh, I'm I'm eating good calories right now. (laughs) You know, (laughs) oh, this this is is a a, really good salad. (laughs) This isn't a cheesy gordita crunch. (laughs) You know, this is a Caesar salad where I've gone light on the dressing. You know, (laughs) and it's. It's you know, and I'm using a, a nice clean protein. But yeah. um and then by
3: the end, you're like, man, I've that was the best Caesar salad I've ever had. And I yeah. only want to eat those from now on. And it
0: really, this this salad really made me think about life and identity <laughs> and the way that time passes and the way that we're all connected. Yeah, so yeah that's it was I had like, a damn good really time eating that
3: salad, too. It wasn't just, you know, yeah, what and a fun salad. It. That was a fucking great salad, yeah.
0: There was bacon bits everywhere. It tasted good while
3: I was eating it. I loved that salad.
0: There was a couple like thick stalks that you kind of have to crunch through that aren't always delicious, but you know that they have the most nutrition, and that's just part of the package, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I would say, too, that
3: the first time I watched this movie, um, so this is the second time I've seen it, the first time I saw it was really similar to what you were describing, Garrett, where it was like, for most of it, I was like, this is good. And then I was like, wait, this is amazing. But this time I watched it, this is my second time seeing it. I was pretty much in love with it from the beginning. Because yeah. once you kind of know what the arc is and you know where it's going, you're just sort of, you're along for the ride. And yeah. I just, I had, I was just cackling with delight, like basically within 20 minutes. And yeah, then yeah. it just never stopped.
0: That's kind of the beauty of a road movie is I think they do have very high rewatchability value. Because mm-hmm. it almost—I mean—in in my head when I think road movie, though, I'm just thinking of Pee Wee's Big Adventure, so I must <laughs> be biased. Because that's essentially a sketch anthology. But uh, but at the same time, like I guess the road movie really does have that sort of anthology feel because it's yeah. just scenes at stops and connected points along the way, you know.
2: And I I do think the the what is kind of unique to a road movie that is kind of cool and interesting is like. It gets to be a hangout movie where there's actually action like built into the premise, right? Right. It's like where hangout movies can sometimes get a little boring because you're just hanging out. You're you're right. never just hanging out in a road movie, right? Like you are because right. you're just on the road and all you can really do is hang out on the road. But you're always moving. There's always like some sort of urgency to the hangout that's kind of built yeah. in the, the premise. Exactly.
3: Mm. They're always going from place to place, and they don't necessarily know what's awaiting them yeah. at the next place. Like. Oh, who knows? Maybe when we get back to our tent, like what's the the biggest action part of this movie is like the pigs, pigs, probably. Right? You know other than the sex, obviously. But like, you know, just the pigs that just like rip apart their campsite.
0: That's that's the main action piece. The pigs made the campsite completely uninhabitable. (laughs) (laughs) What a great narrative. Yo, we have to we can't end this podcast without talking about like the moment when they find out that heaven's mouth is actually a real place and they're oh, yeah. on their way there and they just share like a moment of eye contact but yep. that's a great moment because it speaks to everything we're talking about where they have this moment of like bro we bullshit our way right to the front of the line but it was <laughs> also like
4: bro this is magic i love you,
1: you know, yeah. like, it was yeah. all like
4: no uh, i think it it makes it like a folk tale it's yeah. like yeah. whoa we and it and once they meet that family it's just like everything kind of flows. Yeah. And that's when everyone kind of makes their decisions about what they're going to do next. Luis is like, but I'm going to stay here. They're like, we're going to go.
0: It speaks to the idea that in the interconnected chaos that the movie is, is posturing existence can be,
4: <laughs> that there are
0: these magical, <laughs> these magical arrangements of circumstances <laughs> that are oh. distinctively, almost supernaturally <laughs> not to
1: Right. You know, right. these
0: moments of beauty can happen because of all these strands going everywhere. So that if these guys randomly call it he- Heaven's Mouth, Head Due East or whatever, and end up at Heaven's Mouth, the place they made up, like, there's enough pieces in play that statistically, it could happen.
1: Right. There's right, just this right.
0: beautiful, this beautiful piece of just like, yeah, life is fucking chaos and crazy, but it's also magical. And you just right. gotta like, be receptive to that. I- I- that's a great moment. A clock is a broken clock is right twice a day kind of thing. Yes. It's
1: like
3: yeah. you know, every once in a while the stars are gonna align and you, and your bullshit will actually look really sublime. Yes. Yeah. Man, amazing. This is a tremendous movie. And speaking of, I wanted to say too, like the hangout movie premise. Um, while I was watching this, I, I really so I've always been someone who is better <laughs> with like a one or two people. Like, you know, I'm more of like a one-on-one hangout kind of guy or maybe like just a couple people hangout guy um love doing that but i've i've never really you know maybe i mean i still do it but like i never really connected too much with like a movie like dazed and confused where it's just like like 50 people hanging out like enjoying each other's you know company like so i feel like as i was watching this i was like this is kind of like my dazed and confused like Mm. Like love having a really intimate experience with like one or two other people, um, in a in a really unpredictable way, and then like, but you know I I you know maybe I didn't I would rather do something like this than go to like the you know the the um radio tower party and dazed and confused,
1: you know?
3: <laughs> you know. But but it's like a hangout movie just the same, you know. It's, it's mm-hmm. like just as valid as that, you know. And that and that movie is just as valid as this too. It's just
0: like. Depends the movie has on similar vibes. It has similar vibes that are that are, like that you know go with the foam kind of vibes.
3: Right, right. It's uh, just like exactly. one night, one does. place and like Itumama Tambien, like the structure of that movie is only um, here, here's 24 hours. We're just going to follow these characters for 24 hours. And Itumama Tambien is let's follow these characters for 3 days, you know, or 5
0: days. I would love you know, it whatever if if Itumama Tambien at the end of the movie just completely sold out to that premise and it's like, did you hear what happened to Louisa? I'm like, what? It's like Ben like showed up at her house and gave her a paddling
1: because
0: she's new. Then they went but He has yeah. to do it, he's obsessed with it. I don't know how it happened. Chaos, man.
2: I really enjoyed that he called his shot in this movie and gave both of the characters Harry Potter tattoos. He was like, "Yeah, Harry Potter, I'll 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 <laughs> yeah. make your franchise grow up. You want you want your Harry Potter characters to fuck? Let's do it." <laughs> yeah. Yo, that's crazy. Seriously. I didn't
0: even recognize that that was the same like lightning bolt kind it of because I was just about to make the joke of I can't imagine watching this go though and being like, "What do you think this guy can do with the wizarding world of Hogwarts?"
3: <laughs> yeah. like, just... It is pretty amazing that <laughs> That this that his next gig was Harry Potter. Right? I know it <laughs> was that his next gig. Yeah. I believe it's the movie he yeah. makes wow. after this. Wow. Prisoner of wow. Azkaban. Yeah, That's which just so uh,
4: still, still my favorite
3: Harry Potter. It's the best
1: one.
4: Before yeah. we go, I just wanted to say. So I feel like the main message of this, I think the movie really is about freedom. Yeah, and, and I'm wondering what you all think about that.
1: I I'm
2: like totally on board with that. Like that is definitely the because the movie runs through so many interesting kind of like emotional storylines that you could divorce of the political stuff, but the political stuff is always there running through the movie. It's one of the things the movie is definitely doing is trying to tie history, like, like the history of a place to a person's history, like how these macro and micro things sort of right. exist mm-hmm. together and in, in kind of a fabric. Right. Um, and I, I really liked that the movie, I, I by the time I, we got to the actual heaven's mouth and we we sort of see. We watch Louisa make these decisions before we even totally understand what's going to happen to her. You know, it's right. like that that's still moments before we really understand what's going to happen to her. But I understood in those moments that I was really what that that's what this was about, that this was her exploration of some kind of freedom whether i understood why she had decided to make these choices or not yeah. and i really like that this movie never let me run away from that that even as it built these larger and larger emotional climaxes for me which i appreciate are there it really was always trying to tie me back to these larger ideas of the freedom of these people in these places um and I, i'm like cost. totally with you there's yeah. a
4: cost to her freedom it's like yeah i know yeah. like and she's like, Hano, you were my life." Like she was like a housewife, right? For a while.
1: Right. Yes. Yes.
4: <laughs> and she's like, "I'm not going to die with you." Yeah. Because I, the, I need to choose my freedom, and it wasn't like an easy decision for her.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's it's- not going to get to say good. She's not going to live out her last days. She's not going to have real closure with him in that way.
0: Right. I think it ties into, because like I would say that because I agree that this is a movie about freedom. Um, I was more it more resonated with me in terms of what I was saying before that it's about you know the magic of the chaos of life and how it keeps moving and how we're all interconnected but I think it speaks to this idea of like liberty and it's like yeah that's that's great to be able to go with the flow of life but that's not always something that is necessarily a freedom you have and right
1: you it's know not afforded and so everyone. I
0: think it's not afforded to everyone and 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 you know, it can fall on people, you can you can stake out your claim, but it's it's almost pointless. I don't want to say pointless to make a plan, but it's like frivolous to rely on a plan because right. of this chaos. And yeah. freedom is actually the truest, purest, and and maybe even most logical option.
2: In in yeah. a like in a, a small microcosm of exactly I think what you guys are describing and talking about this movie, this is just like a funny small example of it in the movie is this idea, they keep talking about how um, one of them has to go to school for economics. Or he's yeah,
1: gonna be- <laughs> And
2: then by the, end of, by the end of the movie, it's what, a year later, they meet for coffee, and he says, what are you doing? He says, I'm going to school. He says, what for? He says, I cannot. like." So, he got, you know, there was all this pressure to, you gotta go to school for economics, and you gotta do that right now. We will punish you if you don't. And nice. he does. And then a year later, he's going to school for, it. like, you, yeah. and it's like, who why are you planning any it doesn't you can always go to school for for economic, you know what i mean it's like you can do right. that next year you could take yeah. the road this year and go do that next year like yeah.
4: well and to totally. notice from such a specific like privileged like in mexico the the difference between the haves and the have nots is so great and he's from like really the richest part of society and it's like you know when that happens your life is pretty predetermined
2: yes. there's expectations of like yeah. wh- how you will move through that social sort of uh, uh structure that that's already kind of like
0: in place that you're in, you know. And it just seems so silly when in in the background of it all it very explicitly suggests like you could pitch a tent but the pigs might eat it. So like <laughs> you know like like you don't know when a roving band of pigs is going to break out of a farm and eat your tent. There was <laughs> yeah. nothing they could do about that and yeah. every plan they had was dashed.
1: <laughs> and
0: so it's like yeah you but can Fortunately for them they had
3: connected and befriended this family who offered them a cheap room so it sort of is like no matter what they were i mean it's almost like they still took chances and because they said yes to going on this little like trip with this family well they were you know okay so maybe they abandoned their campsite for a little while and the pigs got to it but hey at least they were with this family at least they did it to hang out with this family who then offered them a free room and and, you know like you're probably going to get a better night's sleep on a, on like a bed than you would on like you know. I mean, maybe you don't get to sleep on the beach, but you get a bed. I
4: also think it's worth noting that in the beginning of the movie, they're at a, they're at the wedding of the president of the country's daughter, <laughs> and they keep talking about like like Tenocha's like dad. I already said hello to the president. Like I can yeah. get really drunk now. Yeah. And Hana's mother, who's very castrante, she's castrating. That's what uh, we hear from Maribel or from Luisa. Is like how am I going to bring you to meet the president when you're dressed like this? And someone spilled rum and cove on you. And then yes. at the end, we're with this, like this this family of like fishermen. And none of that and, stuff matters at all. And yeah. with this family, like in that room, not with the family, but literally in their room, that's where like all this, like the free sex happens. And like, yeah. it's like very kind of like different. I don't know. I just thought that was so interesting. Like they're both these like hospitality experiences.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That is interesting. Oh, yeah, I, and one one involves like keeping up an appearance.
4: Yeah. Whereas the
0: other one, he's like literally falling out of his chair at the bar and screaming at <laughs> Chewy, and it's like, yeah, man, it's to you. He's <laughs> like, yeah,
4: dude, it's like the perfect scene for like having a transformative, like, sexual yeah. life-affirming experience. Ooh,
0: and it has that great moment where Luisa addresses the camera directly when she starts dancing. Oh, like, yeah. And dances for a very long, slow time, yes. walking towards you at home. So I mean, need I say it again? Uh, That was hypnotism in its most. (laughs) I really
2: man. uh, The 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 to be the real beautiful magic moment was like realizing that Louisa ends up finding kind of a beautiful way and place to die. Yeah, Um, you know she. I believe they say at the end that she dies with that family, right? That that yeah. family yes. is with her when she dies. Yes. And it's like it's so. I don't know. There's something so beautiful about it to me. I mean, I, I guess on one hand, if, if I were to say it the the wrong way, it would sound sad that like she's not around any of her family or friends. She's with this random family that she meets on a vacation with some teenagers that she decides to have like a fuck vacation with, like. <laughs> It sounds kind of bad on paper. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, in in context of the movie, it's this very beautiful way that she finds to to die. I think, she like, finds a new family. Yes, she finds that people to truly connect with. In in in, I think to exactly your point, and too, like, in the sense of liberty and freedom that she's never really, it sounds like you know, felt or experienced, or at least has not felt no, her experience.
4: She's an orphan.
2: Right. Yes. I, th- I think she maybe describes experiencing this once before with that young man that ends up tragically dying, right? Yeah. Uh, this is this family ends up being really her second chance at maybe that kind of, you know... Uh, well, and her uh,
0: background's pretty, like, quick, where it was just like, mom died, has to take care of the aunt, gets married at 20. You know, like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And, like, this is kind of her first breather.
4: Well, yeah, she tried to make Hano her family, right. and that didn't really work, because Hano is so unfree lakano like, yeah. feels so castrated by his mother he feel he's like a he's an alcoholic he um is always having affairs he's so insecure and she's like you know what i loved you you i'm always gonna love you and for my last few months i'm gonna have to say goodbye yeah,
0: yeah. peace out dog. i gotta say conversely though if I, like, met somebody cool on vacation and I was like, oh, yeah, they come hang at our place. And then they, like, befriended my kids and hung out for, like, two months and then they died, I'd be like, well, what the hell? <laughs> like,
1: yeah, like, you have to...
4: That wasn't part of the
0: deal. Now there's just this pile of flesh on my floor that I got to explain to my kids is is no longer a person. because
4: you're a gringo, Dan.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're a lot more uptight. You're
4: just a (laughs) cold-hearted gringo.
0: You know, call me a gringo, but I don't like dead bodies on my floor. (laughs) She died in the hospital. (laughs) Call me by your gringo. She died in the local hospital. (laughs) No, she died in the local hospital. I play it, I play it. (laughs) Uh,
2: Uh, I would
3: say, one thing I want to mention, too, um, and you were mentioning, like, well, one thing that I was reminded of this week, uh, one thing that reminded me of present day times and this year, 2020, while watching this, because, you know, you can't talk about a movie in 2020 without somehow connecting it to 2020. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, did you guys notice how, like, there's this sort of, speaking of things in the background, there's a lot of militarization yes. going on in this movie. Like, you notice, like, mm. they'll be driving past, they'll drive through a military checkpoint that's random Control. and unexplained. Um, hmm. They'll be sent and normally really, held to them, right? It's very normal. Like suddenly there'll be like a, this massive police presence out of nowhere, and it's sort of like there's this there's this vibe going on in the movie that that they do sort of live in this heavily militarized state that is yeah. actually very oppressive yeah. and unfair, and like what, and it's it's a capitalism that's been like it's like
1: Brutal going capitalism. wild
3: and out of control, like with Chewie at the end. But, you know, but even, but that doesn't stop them from, like, living life. And, and Louisa still says at the end, like, you live in an amazing country. Like, you know, yeah. so it's sort of, it's like, they might be, you know, the state might be an extremely oppressive, you know, might be breathing down their necks at all time. And, like, you know, like, at the same time, they're still able to, like, find freedom within that.
4: I also think mm-hmm. that, the, so I think that's, like, a great point. The military is about control, but it's also about death. Right. And like the shadow of death is everywhere in
1: this mm-hmm. movie.
4: Like they're all, and like in Mexico too, like the day of the dead is huge. Mm-hmm. A lot of their jokes um, talk about death, like having sex with death. Death is like such an important theme. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of like ultimately, they, there's even a saying that's like, La muerte, like, La muerte is the death. And it can even be like a saint, like, she's going to get you in the end or she's going to like fuck you in the end. Cause like you can <laughs> never hey, escape, yeah. right?
3: Yeah. And she does fuck us in the end, doesn't she, folks? As <laughs> depicted in Coco. You guys see that go.
4: movie?
0: Fucking <laughs> 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 love Coco. Definitely <laughs> a dark departure when that happens. It's a Pixar movie. Let me That's tell a you. kid's movie about death. Yeah. And the, and you, choosing Goodbye Horses as the entire soundtrack. Odd choice for Coco. I think it was Coco.
2: I could be wrong. So. <laughs> uh Well, I I think I'm all talked out on this one. How How's yeah, everybody yeah. else feel? There's yeah, no i'm glad that yeah. you guys
4: got to watch it thank you for having us on thank you Thanks for, for bringing, bringing
0: the movie this wonderful this movie. is one that i should have seen Aww. as like a cinephile i should have seen this it's like one of those and because i regarded it as homework i never pressed play yep. and it ended up this is something that i'm like very very certainly going to revisit multiple times
1: yeah so Aww.
2: thank you would like to own
0: yeah it's got a good criterion.
3: Uh, we watched our criterion collection. Oh, oh nice! So, next time there's a sale, hit that, you know, smash that purchase button. <laughs> current My see, arrives
0: in three days. Ooh. I got the player. I got the do the you have a
1: mattress
4: yet?
0: Do I have
2: oh, a what?
4: Yeah. A mattress
2: yet? Uh, a bed. Yes, I do. I have a bed. I have a bed that I sleep on now. I think that's what you're asking me, right? Yeah. Yes. That's good. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah, I have i had a mattress that was never a problem thankfully we had a mattress but i was sleeping on just a mattress for the first like two months i lived in my new house on the floor Uh, that's not fun
4: so this episode has not been sponsored by wafer
2: no absolutely not by the way uh they did finally deliver the final piece of the bed that i bought three months ago to the wrong address.
4: Oh, <laughs> Jesus. What a nightmare. That's yep. an uh, that
2: takes
3: some effort. Like, that's impressive.
4: <laughs> yes. That's some serious yes. incompetence. That's yes. some Trump-level incompetence. To, oh, yeah.
3: Wayfair. <laughs>
4: They're like the four seasons total landscaping yeah. debacle yeah. of <laughs> furniture.
0: Oh, man, don't don't bring that fine name. Don't sell it that <laughs> fine
1: name.
0: Yeah, that's, this is probably the best thing that ever happened to that place, though. Because yeah, so yeah. many people are going to be like, ha hey, look at me, I'm there, click, click, click. And they're going to be like, "Yo, you want to like buy a mower? And they're like, well, while well, I'm here. Yeah. It's going to be, oh, it's they're, they're going to do well.
2: I'm sure business is
0: booming, yeah. I just, uh, I love picturing that there was some kid at the desk that was like, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess if you want to schedule that here, you're the president, <laughs> I'll say, sure, okay. I don't get it, but sure.
1: It's <laughs> like, a real mystery there, because like, <laughs> like, like, someone
0: posted so- a screenshot of like, of, like,
3: if you type Four Seasons and yell in Philadelphia, and, like, they're, like, number 12 down the list of Four Seasons. There's, like, so many other Four Seasons – things that are beyond, though. It's not like either the Four Seasons Hotel or the
0: landscaping. <laughs> the, so There's so also a the very real chance that all the hotels were like, oh, oh bad timing. <laughs>
4: no, I think that just that administration is being run by, like, cocaine and, like, COVID adrenaline.
3: <laughs> <and> <laughs> <the night laughs> being run by cocaine and 21-year-old interns from Long Island. Yeah, I, that's
0: the thing. There's two, like, either one, it's funny because they're comically inept or two, it's funny because there's like a sleeper agent within them that was like, "This is hilarious. I'm booking it." <laughs> yeah, it's like revenge, quiet revenge. I,
2: I genuinely think, and I, I think there's been some accounts of the timeline here that might argue, but I because I was literally like, I was up that morning. I'm pretty sure on the toilet reading my tweets for the day, and saw <laughs> the initial. I saw the initial Trump tweet that was like, "Hey, at 11:30, Four Seasons." Big uh yeah. big yep. and then and then I like refreshed and it was a different tweet that said four seasons total landscape. I'm confident that he just tweeted that he was having a press conference at the four seasons. He
4: did. That's and exactly what happened. People,
2: then his people had to call the four seasons and be like, Can we have a press conference there? And for like fuck no. And so then to not make him look stupid to try and save face <laughs> for in- him they found a different place called the four seasons that agreed to have the press
0: that's what i think must have happened that is an amazing that that's very believable and i love the idea i love when people work really hard to not look stupid and it makes them look so <laughs> really stupid. like like stupid at a level that you didn't think possible
1: and it was like, yeah.
0: man, you could have just play, You could have just like booked the Hilton. You know, yeah. you could have just pivoted and be like, oh, I, I tweeted it wrong because I'm fucking high on Black Beauties all day. It's, but I, yeah,
2: I think there are timelines that argue that's what happened. But I, in my experience of watching those tweets happen, it's like that has to be what
0: happened. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Give yeah, me any more seasons. It's, oh season. God. it's yeah. like that you know scene
3: that- in uh, the I think you should leave the the Tim Robinson yeah. show where he's. Just- Trying to leave out the door, uh, that he's trying to push out a pull door, but he's so committed <laughs> to it already that he just completely ruins the door instead of like getting that. <laughs> it. <laughs> it's, I, that's just so applicable. It's like everything in a Trump
0: administration, yeah. I think that the, it, imagine there's somebody like who had to make that call too that was like, uh, four seasons are booked, and they were like, well, he already tweeted it. And it's like, you can delete the tweet, they're like, no. You yeah. gotta come up with something else. Like save a, face. I save mean, face. there's a landscaping place called Four Seasons. So like, book it. <laughs> <laughs> we need a. We need any Four Seasons within one hour. There's Dude, definitely
2: be gonna be. One day there will be a, an article on like Vox called "The Oral History of the Four yeah. Seasons." Oh, oh
3: yeah. cannot yeah. Yeah. wait! Cannot wait. Oh, and a bunch of staffers
2: be... will talk about how emails went around for like twenty minutes about this. You know,
0: I think we're only see twelve it in the form of miles, like one of those miles. HBO movies, like yeah. Recount or whatever. Oh my and, god! But this one will be made by Adam McKay. Right. Yeah. Of course. Unfortunately. Yeah. And and for the craziest reasons, it'll be like. Just because he is who he is. Like, playing President Trump is going to be uh, Jeffrey Wright. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. And they just yeah. put him under makeup. Yeah, why he'll not? be like. Although I got to say, Vice wasn't great, but Christian Bale was uncanny. He's very good. <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. was very good as as uh, Chady. Well,
2: let's wrap it up here, friends. This was a right. love. Let's wrap it up
0: like a present.
2: Andy, Elijah, and, yeah. and,
0: and Elizabeth. Elizabeth. <laughs>
2: Thank you for being here.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Who Thank both work know. in arts and entertainment.
2: <laughs> yeah. Thank you for being here. This I'll was
0: various arts and entertainment related person They, they love watching A&E. They yes. love shopping at American Eagle. Um, <laughs> these A E jokes doing anything for you? <laughs> just keep going. Kinda yeah. sort of. Them. <laughs> yeah, no, sorta. Well, what was
2: the... There was the <laughs>
3: animated... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't think your delivery of that, Andy, was killer. <laughs> This is a little Larry David moment right
1: there. <laughs> pretty, pretty. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty, uh, pretty.
2: Well, uh, I'll plug the show here quick and we'll get out of here. Uh, you can find us everywhere yeah. online at iliketomovie. That's Numeric 2. Email us at iliketomovie at gmail.com. And uh, find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Filmadelphia. That's with an F.
0: At Dan Scully on all of those same things. Check out Cinema76.com, Findy.com. Uh, you can check out my silly podcast, Hot Property. We did our Trebek tribute this week, RIP. and R.I.P. Um, Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And, um, <laughs> uh, I think that is it. Uh, movie Movie is currently featured in the Dep Impact feed. Yeah. Um, so it's a rerun of our uh, Dead Man episode, which is actually a really fun movie to rewatch right now. And so give that podcast a re-listen on that feed. Definitely. um my name is andy elijah
3: you can email me at andy elijah gmail.com i'm on his inbox people
1: yeah yeah yeah. (laughs)
3: flood that shit um and then also smash that send button (laughs) smash it fucking smash it and then on letterboxd and uh twitter same thing and yeah uh just hit me up um nothing really crazy coming down the pipeline for me um yeah so what about you your name is Anne Elizabeth.
4: I'm Anne Elizabeth. Um, I'm not on the internet <laughs> under that name. She's, uh,
3: she's, yeah.
4: But here are some things to know. Is this that... is
3: actually anonymous, by the way. A little
4: anonymous, yeah. So I love At anonymous. Oh yeah, I am anonymous. She
1: is anonymous.
4: Yeah. Um, I love Mexico,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and I love cooking. And you can, <laughs> you know, you can see pictures of both things on Andy's Instagram.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Oh, <laughs> or you plug uh, plug Snow's Instagram.
4: Oh yeah, Snow, our dog That's uh, on Instagram.
0: The
3: littlest Snow, but we kind of stopped. We kind sort of gave
4: we don't now. know the password anymore.
3: Yeah, I, I uh, don't
4: know no. the password anymore.
3: <laughs> I lost it. That's you you right. don't know Snow's security questions. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. She me,
1: won't tell The us. answer is
3: probably mommy, daddy.
2: Mommy, oh, yeah.
1: daddy.
2: <laughs> oh, this <laughs> is a delight. Yeah, yeah. thank you guys it's so much.
1: D-off. Yes.
2: Oh, Uh, So here, we'll close out the way we always do. My name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. My name is Anne
4: Elizabeth, and I like to movie
2: movie. My name is Andy Elijah, and I like to movie movie. We all know that you like to movie movie, because
4: we We we
1: like like to to movie. movie! Nailed it. Fucking nailed it.